Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Justin Strong. It is good to be joining you. Also joining us each week will be our other host of the show. He's no Dr. Eleven, but he is Ryan Nelson. How are you, Ryan? Doing well and not so pretentious. <laughs> That's also always important. Uh, just to let you guys know, this is the first episode of the show. Uh, we, we hope you enjoy it, Ryan. Uh, we got this thing started. Uh, we were supposed to start it two weeks ago, and then I came down with COVID, and uh, that kind of derailed things. Uh, but we will be talking about Station Eleven. It was on HBO Max basically from about, let's see, it started on December 16th, ran through January 13th. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. We hope you've seen it. If not... You can go back, watch it, and come back and listen to our podcast after that. Uh, but if you, if you don't want to watch it, you just want to listen to us, that's great, too. Uh, but we also have a Patreon. Uh, go to our If you go to patreon.com and look up the main attraction podcast, you will find us. Uh, should be, you should be able to see us there on Patreon. Uh, we've got four different tiers. I'm not going to go through all those. You can look through them. Uh, there's different subscriber levels and all that type of stuff. Uh, so whatever works best for you. You won't find any Patreon support any Patreon-specific content on there right now because we don't have any Patreons. So, uh, but once we start getting Patreons, we'll start doing some specific content for those who are interested in it. Uh, we hope that that might be you. So, uh, but for now, let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, we are talking about Station Eleven. So, Ryan, real quick, just big picture thoughts. What were your big picture thoughts on this? Well, I'll just kind of give you a, a, a quick background. Uh, this is one of my wife's favorite books of the last couple of years. And she reads about a hundred books a year. So for her to like this book and I knew HBO was making this and I knew Mackenzie Davis was the star. Right. And so I was like, it's, and I knew it was set during pandemic and I was like, Nope, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and, I was, and then my wife was like, Hey, I think we should watch this. This is going to be totally different than you thought. And uh, this was one of my favorite books. If my wife says this is one of her favorite books, that interests me. So started watching, and then Jeevan was on there, who I had recognized from the movie yesterday, which I loved. Mm. And so I was immediately captured. But overall, I, I really loved this show. I was not expecting to. I also was not expecting to watch a show, a pandemic, that was about community. Right. That was about hope. That was about second chances. That was that actually made me feel better after I finished it. So that was like the most shocking thing was how much better I felt after after well one episode I didn't feel good after, but most <laughs> of the episodes and especially the ending, like I was I'm I'm not an emotional person. I kind of teared up at the right. at the last episode, and it was it was really fantastic. Yeah, it, it's a really good show. We're going to get into a little bit more. Uh, let me just go through some of the ratings that are out there. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, because um, you might don't know how much you paid attention to this, but I started looking into it uh, once we got into it. Uh, are you familiar with any of the ratings that it's been receiving? No, I knew it's one of the top shows uh, of 2021 since it started, but I, I don't know what Rotten Tomatoes has. Well, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics absolutely love it. It's at 98%. The audience is not as enthralled with it. It's at 70, it was at 73%. That, it actually went up quite a bit after the finale. It had been in the low to mid-60s uh, throughout much of the season run. Uh, IMDb, it's at 7.7. 7. Uh, that's a really good score for IMDb. It's not quite the same thing as Rotten Tomatoes. Anything, anytime you start getting to a 7 or higher on IMDb, that's that's a really yeah. good score. But uh, did you notice some things on IMDb? I did not. I have not looked at that. The before. odd episodes are in the nines. Really? Yes. Those are, the odd episodes are the, like, ones the that... The Jeevan take, Frank. Right. And, and the one at the airport. Well, I would I would agree with those. I'll be, I'll be yeah, I would, I would... It's the same thing. So I thought that was interesting that if you look at the scores... Those the the odd episodes are are really high. Yeah, and like I said, I would agree with that. I thought those the odd episodes, yeah. the ones that took place after right at, right at the time that the flu hit and all that stuff. I thought those were yeah. the better yeah. episodes. Uh, and, in I gonna, and I was and I was going to say I could see why Rotten Tomatoes just from I, I, I look at Rotten Tomatoes especially when I'm going to, about to go to a movie because right. I like to get an idea. I can I, I know what people said before I even read it. Mm. They're going to say I hate Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> that, that, 
that's going to be the complaints, and I hate the theater stuff. Right. So, like, which I can understand. Yeah, I can but, but, like, before even reading it, am I right? Is that what people's complaints were? For the most part, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't look at too much of them. I don't really pay that much. I just kind of pay attention to just the big picture for the, for the audience. And, I don't really the read pandemic. The I I forgot. Yeah. That should be number one. And we're going to kind of get into that in just a little bit. Uh, the other thing I looked at was Google users. Google users were much lower on this. It was at 53%. Uh, they were actually below 50% throughout much of its season's run as well. Uh, but it went up. See, I've never looked at Google. And I don't really go in and look at their reviews. I just kind of look at their overall percentage. Uh, so, like I said, uh, I don't. That's a little bit of a low, that's a low score for Google. But you know, who knows? I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, but let's go ahead and kind of get into the show itself. Uh, you know, when we talk about the audience, when we talk about the uh, like the Google users, the audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. You've already mentioned a couple of things. I think that drove the score down for those groups of people. Uh, one of those being, it's very Shakespeare. There's a lot of Shakespeare in this. I mean, especially with it being Hamlet. Uh, they, yeah. It really parallels the story of Hamlet a good bit, especially when you talk about the 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 one that's set 20 years in the future. So right. I think that's part of it. The other yeah. part is the pandemic. And this, the interesting thing about this show is the filming schedule. Do you know how it got filmed? I knew that they filmed the first episode at the beginning of 2020 and then got pushed back until the end to like March of this year. Yeah. First and the first and the third episode were the first two films. They were first filmed at in February of 2020. And you know, the, they knew Corona was out there and they knew it was kind of out in the world, but they weren't really that paying that much attention because they hadn't made it to the U S for the most part, I don't remember yeah. when exactly it hit uh, the United States. Uh, but when it finally did, that's when they had to shut down. They kind of changed things. So the big thing about this episode, uh, the, the big thing about this show, well, they didn't know that the pandemic was coming. They had, they had no idea that it was coming. And they started filming it. And they filmed episodes one and three first. But I want to know your thoughts. If you had the same th- thoughts that I did when you were watching episode one. The when you're watching episode one and you see kind of everything, really episode one, and episode three, I guess to be honest with you, you see kind of the world coming to a halt in a very similar fashion that it did when COVID hit us. Yeah, I mean it was really weird the parallels. And I thought they were doing that on purpose because I didn't know anything about the show at the time going into it. I didn't know that they had filmed all that before the pandemic. So it's really kind of eerie how they got that right. Yeah, you're right. And I wonder if the people in the cast and the crew ran to the grocery store like Jeevan did when right. the pandemic started <laughs> in America. They ran and got, got all their groceries like, like he did. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. The parallels are, are definitely there. Uh, that had to be very, very weird. Um, one of the things that... Um, mentioned the pandemic what i what i really liked about the show too they didn't really go into what was killing everyone we know it was some kind of pandemic but uh, or some kind of flu right but we didn't know exactly what it was or anything like that and i appreciate that i don't i didn't want to know yeah and that, that's one of the things that uh i listened to the prestige podcast when they yeah. basically did a recap of the entire show uh and that's one of the things that they said was, you know, they don't really get bogged down in what it was. Obviously, this flu is, was much worse than what we had with COVID because right. it, it, it had a 99.9% death rate. Out of 1,000 yeah. people that, that caught it, 999 died. Uh, yeah. So obviously much, much worse. But it, was, it wasn't something that you wanted to get bogged down in. I mean, obviously you knew it was bad. Obviously you knew it was going – it was basically a death sentence if you caught it. Uh, but they don't get into the science and the history. And this is where I got my expectations were like totally tilted. Cause I like when, when you told me about the show, cause I'd never heard of the show before mm-hmm. you had mentioned it to me. So when you tell me we're going to watch a post-apocalyptic show, I was expecting this to be a brutish show with, you know, people just hanging on for survival. I, I expected kind of like, I don't know if you watched it, uh, but Why the Last Man on Hulu? Uh, I kind of expected it to be more like that. 
Yeah, I did not. I did not watch that. Uh, in fact, The Walking Dead did such a number to me. I kind of have like not watched post apocalyptic shows. I've kind of been scared of them. Oh, really? I I I watched like the first like four or five seasons and I was done. So I'm kind of with you. I, I never watched. I, I know it was a famous. Uh, Graphic novel, Wild right. Last Man, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't, I didn't get into, it. and it got canceled like pretty yeah, it got quickly. canceled pretty quick. I, uh, I, I watched the first few episodes; it, it yeah. wasn't that great, I'll be honest with you. But I, but I can totally understand. I was going to mention something else that you mentioned the the recording schedule. I mean the 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 filming. It makes me wonder how how the country and really the whole world has reacted to the the pandemic if they changed the script to show more hope, to right. show more community. Because, like, the way that we have reacted is totally different. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, you people are at each other's throats. You can't get on Twitter right. or Facebook without people getting, right. if you mention COVID on Twitter or Facebook, you're, going, you're in for a nasty argument. Right, yeah, yeah. But I just wonder uh, if, if they change some of the, the, the last few episodes because of that and change some of the writing, I'm sure they did because they waited a year. I can't imagine, you know, being a writer and, and having a whole year and then you just going back and forth reading it, I'm sure. But, uh, whatever they added, I, I really appreciate it. Cause like I said, man, just having a, a show about this where, especially when we're still going through this and we've had a surge of late. Right, and 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 it and this show just gives you hope, and I just wasn't expecting that. Well, let's go ahead and talk about that a little bit because this is a show that aims to be more than just a television show. I mean, there there are a lot of shows that you know are just there for fluff and just to want to kind of be entertainment for you and be mindless entertainment. This is not one of those shows. This is a show that's shooting for something bigger. So, what do you think were the themes of this show? Um, I, I definitely think community. Is, is number one and um, accepting people mm. because kind of like um, you know Jeevan the whole story doesn't happen if he doesn't accept um, uh, Kirsten right. and, and start to help her yeah exactly and, and then and then the 20 years later we see that they've built this community in this weird theater group but we also find out that you know Jeevan has built a community you know, from his family and the doctors that he's helping. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think I think they were really going for that. How we to survive something like this, we need to start helping each other. Yeah, I think it's. I think there are two things that are really sum up a lot of the show that they mention a lot throughout the the actual show itself. Uh, the first one you don't you hear them say as much, but you see it a lot, and you see it in the traveling symphony. It's written on like their caravans survival is insufficient and the idea that yeah survival is important and you want to do everything you can to survive but that's not enough we are human beings one of the things that separates us from the animals is the fact like you said we need community we need those people in our lives and you know that was one of the things that made Jeevan and Kirsten end up eventually separating was he wanted to go out and find other people and it's even the, that desire to do that kind of put a wedge between them. And eventually, uh, while it was his, her wanting to kind of shelter in place and just have her book, the fact that they couldn't come together on that, on that topic was one of the reasons why he ends up getting hurt, why he ends up getting, having to be rescued by the, I don't know, I guess the doctor, I'm not sure what her conclave was, you'd call that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I think that's a really, really important thing. The other one is the thing we hear throughout so much of this show. I remember damage because everybody who was a pre-pan, as they called them in the show, mm-hmm. they remember the damage that they've gone through. Uh, I mean, you, you look at what Kirsten can remember with Frank and Jeevan. Uh, you look at what all the other people that are in the Traveling Symphony, what they can remember, uh, what... Uh, the people at the airport, uh, Clark, Elizabeth, they all had damage that they remembered, especially the prophet. I mean, right. they all had yeah. this damage that they remember. So I think those are the, like two of the really big themes of the show. And, and also uh, like reinvention that you yeah. know, this mm-hmm. changed this 
but we have to adapt and reinvent ourselves. And you definitely see the airport is oh, a yeah. perfect example of that. They, they you know, they, uh, even the little profit that we didn't know at the time, but we, right. they were kind of hitting like, you know, here he is copying stuff from the internet and, you know, preparing for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they definitely showed us like, Hey, we, we, we've got to be able to adapt. Oh yeah, which, definitely. Which we have not done in 2020 in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> we have not. Uh, Real quick, uh, do you did you find this to be a somewhat difficult story to follow along with? Because I know that was one of the complaints that some people had, just because you had the competing timelines. Uh, yeah. Did you have any difficulty following the story? I uh, the uh, I did not. Um, I'm going to give HBO a lot. I watched this as it was going on. HBO did a really good job of how they dropped the episodes, and they're doing this a lot. They dropped the first three. Yeah, I was going to actually get to this. So I'm glad you mentioned. Yeah. That. And so I will say the second episode was a little bit hard to kind of figure out. Yes, it was. But the, uh, and, and there was a lot going on. I couldn't tell what was, I was like, what is the profit? You know, the whole traveling symphony is kind of weird to begin with. Uh, so that was, you know, that, that episode, and that, I think it's the lowest rated in the show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, that one was hard to keep up with. But after that, I, I really didn't have a problem because I kind of felt like, even like the Miranda episode was number three. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of could see where, you know where they were. Uh, there may have been a couple of points on that when I wasn't exactly sure where they were because I wasn't sure. Actually, I had to ask my wife about this because I wasn't sure how far it was when Miranda visited Arthur mm-hmm. at the play. I couldn't really tell how far that was from when he died, from when the pandemic started. Right. So there was kind of it was kind of hard to tell that. Uh, when, when he when when Miranda brought him the Station Eleven book, which we know it had to be sometime because the book got to Tyler. Yeah, uh, but but it was hard to tell how long that was. Yeah, and I think, she got to Japan. I'm sorry, China or wherever she was. Right, she was in Indonesia. Or, I, I can't remember Malaysia. Yeah, so, I think actually. I, I th- you're right. I think it was Malaysia. Yeah. So, and I think that's one of the things why this show got to such a low start with the audiences uh in general is because i think those first i think the first episode was absolutely phenomenal uh mm-hmm. and the second yeah. and third i think were definite step backs uh yeah. and it was i think some people kind of got lost on it but they were really crucial in terms of just setting the groundwork for this story uh mm-hmm. and it's yeah. I mean, you're you're in world building at this point and even though this is really a small world because it's basically this the area around this Severn City, Michigan airport, it's a really small world. You still have to establish a ton of ground rules for for how this traveling symphony works, how everything is going to operate on this show, and then you have to set up why Station Eleven gets created and just show how important it is going to be to kind of the two central characters in the part of the story that is 20 years in the future. Uh, which is right. Kirsten and the Prophet. So, like I said, I think those were the two weakest episodes. Uh, yeah. But you know, what was great for me is I I had the first five episodes before I started watching it. So okay. I was able okay. to, I was able to power through those and then get on to episode because I was a little bit disappointed after the third episode. But once episode four and five came, I was like, okay, I'm back on that. Makes that makes sense. And I was going to say, I had the benefit of my wife had read the book and she told me. Put the phone down. You're going to have to watch this. <laughs> because every character, you know, ties back to each other. Right. And every scene, there's going to be something that comes back to later on. And it may not be to episode 10. And she nailed this because in episode 2, did you notice that uh, they were in the town of St. Miranda, which was the doctor who trained Jeevan in episode 9? Oh, I did not realize that. No, I did not. Yeah, I read that, and I was like, you know, there was all, I bet if you, uh, I bet if we found some site with Easter eggs, there's probably uh, millions of them, because they definitely were keeping the storyline, and and like, even if they would go back and forth, there were little things that they were dropping all along. Yeah, the biggest one I noticed was in episode two, when Tyler mentioned his wife, uh, you know, they said, uh, he said he had a wife whose name was Rose, and the... They later on, I guess it was in episode four when 
the I don't remember the, the character with no arms. I can't remember that character's name. I can't either. Uh, but uh, he was talking to Kirsten and Alex, uh, and they were talking about that conversation where he said he had a wife uh, named Rose. That character with no arms said a rose by no, any other name. There probably was no rose. Well, if you go to episode nine, you notice Tyler is the one who shows up when Rose dies at the pregnancy clinic or whatever you want to call it. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, he was going to take the baby and raise it as his own. That was his plan. Right. Who was Alex, which is, yes. I mean, so all those things were tying together. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that, that yeah. if, if I ever go back and watch this again, I, I may try to eventually do it. I'd be interested to see how much of that type of stuff I see. I, I thought, I thought the same thing. I told my wife after watching this, a lot of times we watch something and I'm like, I would never watch this again. Right. But this show, I was like, I'd, I want to watch this again because I think you would pick so much up. And I want to, again, mention this to our, to our listeners. Put the phone down when you're watching this one. I, I, I abuse my phone when I'm watching TV shows. This is not the no for that. This is not the show for that. We had a friend who didn't like it, and I told him, I was like, put your phone down and then watch an episode. Right. And you've got to do that because, I mean, like I said, I was kind of guilty of that with episode two because, I, like I said, it was those were the yeah. weak episodes. And I eventually yeah. just went back and watched it again. I was like, all right, I got to put my phone down. I actually have to sit here and watch this episode. And it was better once you really, truly dial into it. Uh, that second time that I watched it, but it, it, those were still the weakest episodes. I mentioned. Oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and we talked. I talked about the episode drop. So what HBO did right was, and even though it worked out perfectly for you, so you would get they dropped the first three, then you would get four and five. Right. Five was a great episode. Mm-hmm. Then you would get six and seven. Seven was just a great episode. Seven, seven might know, have been the best episode of the entire seven, series. Seven, yeah. So you got that, like that was the second episode of the drop that week. And then, you know, it was eight and then nine, the nine, you were like, yes, I cannot wait for the finale. Cause, right. and, then, and then they just dropped one. And I know they've, uh, they've done this with a couple other shows, like a similar, and it's, I think it's the way to do it. I really do. Uh, I've, I like binging like Cobra Kai is a show. I like mm. binging something like that, but a show like this. It was nice because you and I had conversations after, you know, a week after episode. It's nice to have a show where you can think about, and this was a good one, mm-hmm. and you can kind of get excited about, like, oh man, I can't wait to find out what happens next week. Yeah. So I, I think HBO has figured out the way to drop episodes. Yeah, I think what they've also figured out because this is not this is an HBO Max. This is not something you could turn on right. to HBO if you have a subscription to your. Direct TV plan or whatever, and watch it. This is an HBO Max original. You had to have HBO Max, which if you have HBO, you have HBO Max. But uh, so it was following a more traditional streaming. In the fact that we're you know three once two o'clock three o'clock in the morning hits that day, you can go watch it at that point. But I also think what HBO Max is doing that works well is they understand that not every show is the same, and not every show needs to be released in the same manner. So they're playing with it. So, like, for example, Peacemaker, they did the first three episodes, but they're just doing every, just one episode a week right. from here on out. Uh, and this one, though, they thought it needed to have the first three just to kind of introduce the whole thing. And then it gave you those two episodes at a time to give you that background of the time of 20 years in the future and the times of what's going on, what would be current, present day. So, like I said, I don't think they're. I think they're doing with one of the best things that will probably eventually catch on with other streaming services. If you have a show that will benefit from a dif- different release schedule, then they'll do a different release schedule. And I think that yeah. I think that really worked with this show, and I think it made it a it much did. better show as a result. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? I'll make sure we're still recording. Go okay. Um, let's talk about just some of the characters. Uh, Let's talk about the, one of the missteps, I will say, for this show. One of the things, and it's just with the way that it worked. Episode one, you get the story, you get introduced to Jeevan and Kirsten, and you automatically fall in love with them. I mean, you want to see this story, you want to see this relationship build, but we don't get it again until episode seven. Like I said, that's, if there's anything I think that was a mistake, that was it. What did you think of that? Yeah, I agree, because I think we had gotten... I feel like we got little pieces of them in some of the other episodes. Yeah, we did. But it was like, but it was very little. I, I do. I agree. It was a mistake because uh, those characters and Frank too. Yeah, Frank. Mm-hmm. Adding him with it, they were so strong uh, as characters that I think uh, 
I, I think we needed to add them because this whole show doesn't work if Young Kirsten's not good. Because oh, yeah. how many shows have we watched that the, the child actor is just destroys the show? Like just uh, and but this girl is like next level. I I feel like we're watching like um, Haley Steinfeld or Florence Pugh. You know when they were a few years ago when they were very young. I think she's on their level. There's no telling what we're gonna see from her. And also, I I think I think Jeevan is about to be about to up the echelon of superstardom. That guy has whatever it is. He has it. And I know he was in Tenant. I've not seen Tenant. I haven't. I've heard mixed reviews. Uh, I know he's one of the stars of that. Yeah, I, I love Tenet. It's hard to follow. <laughs> yeah, when I talk about hard to follow, that takes the cake. Yeah. But uh, like I said, yesterday, fantastic movie. He's the star of that. And I saw he's a, he's got a bunch of other stuff. But to me, having him lead the first episode, like you said, was very strong. But not really getting him to really episode seven, that, that was a mistake. Because those two were so strong as characters and just and really just hooked you that that I would agree with you that was a mistake not keeping them in more yeah it was because when you when we get episode one you just get this incredible and it's just such an odd way for it to develop I mean and it, it works so well because I mean Jeevan I mean the way this the whole show starts is because uh, and this is also why you know there's a serious subversion of expectations for this show because when the show starts, it starts with King Lear. Uh, Arthur is having a heart attack, and while this entire show is based around the flu, what puts the events of the show into motion is a heart attack, which is another way in which they subvert expectations. I kind of expected them to say it was the flu later on, and it, it never was. They kept they kept it with. I thought uh, that too. They kept it with the the heart attack, uh, but you know, Jeevan is noticing. From the get-go, this is a uh, this is a heart attack, and he runs up on stage. He runs through the crowd. He runs up on stage, and you know I'm expecting okay. Well, he's a doctor, obviously. And it's kind of I guess foreshadowing yeah. for what's going to happen, uh, right. but he's not a doctor. Not only does he not a doctor, he doesn't know CPR. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so so th- this is a real subversion of expectations. Uh, yeah. And it's kind and let's, of. And let's just add, his girlfriend sucked. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, she was so inconsequential to everything that happened, and like basically, he, he didn't really seem to be that concerned with the fact that she no, dies. No. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that was well, that was kind of great. He's like, all right, well, I guess she's dead. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we're sitting there, and we get this, uh, we get Arthur dying. He, he's backstage, and he, he and Kirsten kind of notice each other. But he just kind of is stuck with Kirsten. I mean, it's not that right. he didn't want to. It's not that he didn't want to be stuck with her. He just, he's just a good person. Right. And he knew that if there is going to be, that this girl is about to be on her own. He, that he knows that once he gets to her house and he's talked to his sister, that, and they're sitting at the door of her home, and nobody's answering. He realizes, well, they're probably dead. And he doesn't really know if he should, because there's that whole conversation he has in the parking lot of that grocery store. Like, you know, if I force you, this is kidnapping. Right, right. I mean, like, so what do I do here? I mean, there, yeah. there, it, that was just one of the best parts of what of who Jeevan was, because right. he's a good person. He wants to do the right thing, but he really doesn't know what the right thing is in this situation. And and what, like you said, what is he made the right call? But like you know, what would you do? What would you do in that situation? And also, do you think Kirsten knew he was lying when he said, "Oh yeah, I just talked to your parents. They said come stay with Frank. They know who Frank was." I don't know. I'm, part of me thinks she did, but you know, my daughter is nine years old. Excuse me, my daughter is nine years old, so she's only girl older than what Kirsten was in this show. And if I were to tell her something like that and I had my phone out and said, you know, uh, somebody, somebody texted me of something, she'd believe me. So I, I kind of tend to think that maybe she had a little bit of doubt in her mind, but I think uh, she, for the most part, believed it. I, or if she did, she didn't want to know. She didn't ask to see the text. She didn't ask to see any of that. So that either she, she knew that they were dead and she was just accepting it or... Uh, if 
she was there's any doubt she just didn't want it to be confirmed until she eventually gets a text from whoever it was that got her parents phones yeah <sighs> but yeah this is like i said that was that was the strength of this entire show was their relationship and oh yeah what's was so great about this show at the end you have the big reunion between kirsten and jeevan you had the, the big reunion that you're kind of everybody's kind of waiting for but which they kept teasing yeah they kept teasing it they kept teasing it throughout the, the course of episode 10 but what i was thinking about when i was watching it is there is no interaction between mackenzie davis and himesh patel is that his name yeah. Okay, yeah. so I thought. Himesh Patel. There's no interaction between those two in the entire previous nine episodes. The, the closest thing they got was her just kind of passively right. watching as a hallucination in episode seven. But there's no interaction between those two between those two actors. Yeah. But they still nailed it. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it was just uh, the look in his eyes when he really realized who it was. Like, she knew immediately, because, right. of course, he looks, you know, of course, he looks the same. He's Just a little bit older, yeah. Yeah, a little bit older, granted. But, like, even he looked around. And, of course, I like how they found actor, like, Mackenzie Davis, and uh, her name is Matilda Lawler. Matilda Lawler. They, yeah. they had similar eyebrows. They both had, like, you know, I, like, I'm sure he figured out when he saw her eyebrows, like, who it right. was. But but it was it was interesting that the, the way they looked at each other, like, like they knew, you know, so that was, that was good. And also... I really like the reunion because we didn't get a lot of, okay, so I, they didn't talk a lot, but they gave us the hug we needed. Yeah. And, we did, and then we didn't hear a lot of, like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. I was doing this or that. Like, it, it kept it within them, So, but we still got the reunion we wanted. Yeah, they don't really do any talking until at the very end of episode 10 right. when they're walking behind the caravan yeah. of the Traveling Symphony. They, they don't really talk oh, any, yeah. until then. So, so did you think... Uh, I I thought Kirsten kind of looked towards his road and thought about going with him. What did, yeah, I kind of got that feeling too. I kind of felt like he, she thought about it for a second, but yeah. she also knew that they were different people now. I mean, right, right, right. she was in her world of acting and playing and being in the plays and doing everything that she had done. And he had been, he was in his world of, providing medical help and they were just in different words i think there was a part of her that would have wanted that wanted to go with jeevan but yeah. she also knew that they were just in a they were just in different worlds at this point and right. they had moved on i mean and that's just you know some, that happens sometimes in life i mean we, right. we all right. we all know what that's like oh yeah uh let's kind of look at what were your what were your favorite episodes what were your least favorite episodes so the favorite my favorite was nine finding out what happened to Jeevan mm. because I really thought he was going to die. Oh yeah. And, uh, I did too. And just, and just knowing that he ended up having somewhat of a normal life. He had a family, you know, because part of the thing, what I really liked about his character too is like, he didn't know how to be a dad, no, he <laughs> he didn't. Didn't, you know? And so he finally got the chance to be one and appears to be a good one. So that was, that was nice that we've got to see that probably the experience of, the time with Kirsten helped him, but yeah, episode nine was my favorite. Well, let me go. Let me stop you right there because that's yeah. one of the things where he changed. Once he found his purpose in life, which was that of being a healer, yeah. it changed him. Because if you remember, I guess it was in episode seven uh, where there was this discussion where Kirsten tells him, or maybe it was episode nine earlier in episode nine. I can't remember exactly when. Uh, Frank told her, "Jeevan's a leaver." He he yeah. sucks. Leaving Jeevan. Yeah, leaving Jeevan. Thank you. That was, uh, I can't remember what, what the word was. He he sucked at relationships. I mean he I mean his girlfriend obviously sucked, but I, uh, part of it could be you know the fact that we, the only thing we got was his perspective of her. Uh, yeah. He never had any real relationship. He did. He and Frank weren't really particularly close, but they were brothers, so they kind of came together when it when it mattered. And, and but what's he? Yeah, exactly. And when he finally finds his purpose, that's when he changed. That's when he can find the family. So that's one of the greatest things I yeah. liked about episode nine was right. once he found that purpose, he became a different person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would rank I would rank nine one, the number two would be seven. And then um I'll put the finale at three. Mm -hmm. And then after that it would be I guess the first episode 
And then I really like the one at the airport uh, when we when they when Clark and when they first when get we there fly, when they first get there. And then uh, that's episode then, five, I think. Yeah, episode five. And then uh, I like the one with Miranda. I thought that one was good. Yeah. Uh, the worst episode was two, mm-hmm. and then the one with David Cross. David Cross, who's David Cross from around? He was Arrested Development. He was oh Gil, Gil, yeah Gil. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The actor's name is David Cross. Yeah, that was the the worst one. I think that was episode four. That may have been four. Yeah, it was. It was episode four. That was yeah. The, yeah, those first two episodes where they were introducing us to the traveling company and the time twenty years in the future. Those yeah. those, those were harder to get through. Uh, yeah, and. Just the whole situation that they had at uh, the golf course was also kind of hard to follow. But yeah, that was very hard to follow. Yeah, and like, like I had to go back and rewatch that ending for because I'm like, wait a minute, did they just blow up the golf course? And they they did. I mean, yeah. so it was that was just a whole weird thing. We haven't talked about one person we need to talk about. We haven't talked a lot about. I think is Tyler. Yeah. Do you think his character changed? Any after throughout, like once they got to, because my understanding is in the book, he's a much more sinister character and M- much worse. And, and I, I think he dies in the book. Oh, does he? Do you think they changed the way they approached it after the pandemic kept and just decided to soften this show up a little bit? Yes. I think his character is one of the ones and that him getting this second chance and then him forgiving and, and him wanting his family again. Right. Uh, you know, I, def, I definitely think, you know, that was one of the ones, I did see people complaining about, like, well, he doesn't deserve that, but I'm like, eh, it's, a, it's a TV show. Come on, people. Yeah, it's a TV show, and also, I mean, think about, I mean, if you don't, I don't think he deserved it. I mean, they have to remember, yeah. this was a child who was basically cast out by the people he was supposed to be in a community with, yeah, when he was you know eight nine years old. Uh, well, can you can you also imagine the trauma of when that guy, which we now assume is the pilot from that uh, from the plane that right. that Miranda convinced to stay, mm-hmm. when 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 that guy gets shot on his you know next to him, I can't imagine you know the trauma with that, right. and then you know all the stuff and and Clark we find out was rude for, to him from the minute that he met him. Yeah, he was. I mean. That, yeah, and Clark is another character when you talk about because Clark yeah, yeah. is he's an opportunist I mean he's probably yeah. the hardest character to like in this entire show yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no I he, think Alex is the hardest one to like okay yeah let's let's yeah Alex we have, we'll get to Alex later she's she's annoying uh, yeah. but it, just in terms of you know being that guy who is just whenever there seems to be a, a chance for progress whenever there seems to be a chance for hope he seems to be slowing it down uh, yeah. But, I mean, he's an opportunist once he realizes the situation they're in. I mean, he, he notices the fact that they're in an airport, and there's so much stuff at an airport that you can use to hunker down at. And, right. And, you know, probably his job, which is one of the most major TV jobs ever, CEO Whisperer. I, I, I can't yeah. imagine there's an actual yeah. thing called a CEO Whisperer. Right, right. But uh, he uses his job to, like, Except to establish himself as a, as a role of leader, which is something he's probably not really good at because if he were really good at it, he'd be the CEO himself. Right. Not the right. CEO whisperer. Uh, yeah. But he's what? just – go ahead. I was going to say, I liked how they made him, like, the first couple of episodes, he was really pretentious and just horrible. Right. Because there, there's always that person who has a lot of talent, Arthur – Right, and the guy and his friend under him who thinks I'm actually the talented one. Exactly, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's how they set them up. Yeah, and then you know he really gets to shine at the airport, and you start to like him a little bit. Like, okay, he needed this time. He needed, you know, he he's getting to perform. He's right. getting to put on a show. You know, he's giving a monologue, and, and, and like I liked him uh, that episode. But then the other episodes. It turned because that's when you find out how horrible he was to Tyler, right? Exactly. And Arthur too. Yeah, I mean he was. I mean he was just kind of a, a, a grimy character, and right. it was you know when Tyler eventually blows up the Museum of Civilization, 
it was like he so desperately wanted to hold on to the past and to that period of time that was before the pandemic because he thought that it was important. And it is important to hold on to to learn from the past and all that type of stuff, but to cling to it the way that he was in this world where you maybe they'll eventually get back to it, but it will it will be hundreds, if not thousands, of years later before they can get back to society looking like it ever did. Right. And he oh, was yeah. desperately trying to hold on to that, and that's not what that what anybody needed. So him Tyler blowing that up was the only way yeah. that Clark was ever going to let go. Yeah. And I, I do think Clark had the line of the, the whole series, and I'm not going to not going to repeat the whole thing because there's profanity in it. But it was when Tyler and the children walk off, and he just goes, "What the?" Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing myself. I was like, "What? Oh, this is that was." Uh, I, I wanted to mention this about Tyler too, and I forgot. We still never got. How did he? corrupt these children to start an army and what was the real deal with that? Yeah, that is probably one of the weaker points of it. They don't really do a good job of developing it. The only thing that I've been able to figure out is he read, he had Station Eleven memorized yeah. and by constantly telling that story of Station Eleven it allowed it basically like a fairy tale to them even though he was portraying it as a prophecy uh, and it just allowed them to just become enamored with him and attached to him. That's the, that's the only thing I can think of. It, it, yeah. It's probably the worst developed part of the story. And I think this is one of the ways in which they probably change the story. I think we probably get more of that yeah, before so. the pandemic, but they didn't want to focus on that after the pandemic. And yeah. maybe I'm wrong. And, and I have another question for you. Do we really know what was in station, the station 11 book? No, we don't. That's we, the, know, we know it was very pretentious per Jeevan. Right, <laughs> so pretentious. Yeah, that was what about that was a, that was the second best one. But yeah, that's uh, and that was kind of one of the disappointing parts. I wanted to find out more about that book, and because I yeah. mean the the show was named after that book, right. Uh, right? So I was hoping to find out more about it, but we don't really get a whole lot more about it. Uh, we get some theories about it, but like Kirsten thinks that Doctor Eleven is stuck in a time loop. Uh, yeah. You know, but we don't really know much more about it besides that. And I was going to mention when they show the, uh, the astronaut. Did you think? And I think that was in episode two. Uh, did you think is there going to be an astronaut in this? Yeah, I did. I, I thought. Uh, was, yeah, I did too. I thought yeah. they were eventually going to put an astronaut in, it, and they never did. Yeah. We just got right. that basically hallucination of an astronaut periodically throughout. Yeah, uh, which was Miranda was the one really having the hallucinations when she was sick. Yes. That was in the finale, yeah. And it was also in episode three, I think, when she was, yeah. uh, when the pandemic was starting, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, but yeah. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and uh, kind of wrap up a couple of things. Let's go ahead and start giving our uh, ratings for this show. Uh, and for those of you, obviously everybody's new, uh, but let me just go ahead and explain how we do our ratings. We're not going to just give five stars, four stars, three stars. We're giving it, we have our own rating system. Now, at the top of our rating system, since we're going to be doing movies and television, mostly television, uh, at the top of it, we have Game of Thrones. If a show is that is great, spectacular, it gets a Game of Thrones. What's your experience with Game of Thrones, Ryan? I loved it until the final episode. Yeah, I but I, I started binging it uh, in episode in the second season. Uh, was a just a fanatic. Never read the books, but love Game of Thrones is one of my top shows. I actually didn't watch start watching it until it was actually completely uh, completely done. I never got around to oh. watching it, and like in the summer of 2019, I spent like two weeks binging the entire thing, uh, and oh. it, I was so and then once I actually started it. I was so enamored with it. I was like, yeah. all right, I have an hour. I can get an episode in right now. If I turn it on and I don't have any streaming issues, I can get an hour in. I mean, just every episode was one of those where I was like, I got to watch it, got to watch it. Uh, oh, yeah. If I had like an eight-hour day, it's like, oh, this is spectacular. I can just watch yeah. like an entire yeah. season today uh, because I'm a teacher. And, you know, so I, in the summers, I would have a lot of extra spare time. Uh, but... You know, so my experience is a little bit different. Uh, You know, I I see, I just wonder how, there's a lot of things I probably noticed in Game of Thrones, just watching it back to back to back 
like I did that probably a lot of other people didn't. Uh, and we may eventually get those if we do like a yeah. uh, a revisit or something like that. We may eventually go back and revisit it. Uh, we'll talk about that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the best shows. The the final season is what it is. Uh, it, the landing for it's, any show is always tough. It's the final episodes, the final two. Yeah. When if they had, had ended when spoiler. Excuse me, everyone. When Arya <laughs> killed the Night King, had they ended it there, it would have been perfect. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been, it would have been yeah. great, but they yeah. kept on going. Yeah. They should have rearranged that entire season. I, I don't yeah. Know. But uh, all right, so that's our top one. Next is Lost. How did you ever? Did you ever? Did you watch Lost? Watch Lost from the from day one. Yeah, I did too. Uh, uh, and was was another. B- Huge fan. Have not gone back and watched that. Thought about it a couple of times. I have to. The, pro- the, pro- the problem with network, man, you get those 23 episodes and it's just like, oh, man. Those are, I, the, the streaming thing has changed my view on television so much. Lost yeah. is probably the last like 24 episode season show I've watched that I've enjoyed. Uh, nowadays, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I went back recently and watched Daredevil, kind of like on your recommenda- recommendation. Yeah. 13 episodes is a lot. <laughs> I'm like, man, there's 13, but it's it's a good show. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. even that's a lot nowadays. Isn't it crazy how we how we've changed? Where like like you said, and even in the 80s and 90s, they had 26 episodes. Oh yeah, like I don't know how we did it back then. I guess I guess I it's what, what it was all we you had. had. Three channels. Yeah, you had yeah. three or four channels, so you, you you just made through. Now you have 50 channels and 70 streaming services. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lost was one of my like I said, it's probably my the last show that did the traditional 22, 23 episode format that I've watched and enjoyed. Uh, it was really good, but there were times when it was like, okay, I don't really know what they're doing here. And they never really explained some of it. Uh, so right, that, right. that's, that's the reason it's a little bit lower than game of Thrones. All right. Number three, our three, so what would be equivalent to a three star is friends. And you mentioned this, that they're going to probably be people upset that it's not toward higher up. But the reason I put Friends here is because there are people who love Friends, and there are people who hate that show. Yeah, you're and right I th- about that. And I think that's kind of appropriate for a three-star. What, yeah. what did you think of Friends? I love Friends. Uh, I was, it started uh, when I was at the, in high school, and then it, and through college, and I guess when I was like, starting a young adult career. So I did watch Friends. Even in college, I would watch Friends and Seinfeld. So I, I was always, you know, I like Seinfeld better. Right. If we're going, if that was me, but yeah, love Friends. I watched the reunion last year and, and really enjoyed it. Yeah, it too. I mean, I, like I said, I love Friends, but just knowing the way it is viewed, it is one of those shows that people say. And I understand why it has not aged well. They do a lot of, there's a lot of body shaming and stuff like that. Right. And so there, there's a reason why it has not aged as well as a lot of other things. Uh, but I, I, I will say this also about Friends. It's one of those shows like if I'm. I still have like some version of cable. I have direct TV streaming. Mm-hmm. So like I'll, if I see a friends episode on TBS and it's on, I may watch it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those great things to just have on in the background. If, yeah. if you're not, if you're trying to do other things, but you just want to have something going to mm-hmm. catch your attention every so often, it's, it's great for that. Uh, yeah. so like I said, I mean, I loved it. I watched it from when I was in high school to into college. Uh, it ended right as my wife and I were meeting each other. Uh, so it kind of carried me through that entire part of late childhood into early adulthood. So like I said, I loved it, but I understand why some people don't. Yeah. All right. Uh, I hate the fact that this is now our number, our, our two star, uh, especially since Bob Saget just recently passed away, but our two star is full house. (laughs) Uh, What is, what was full house to you? Uh, it was, let's see, it was a show on Friday nights. I was, so I, it probably came out, um, when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I was, I'm probably the same age as DJ Tanner. Mm-hmm. Was it DJ Candace Cameron? Yeah, she was. I think we're about the same age. So yeah, I'm about the same right. age as Jody Sweeten. Okay. So it was, uh, it was all right. It, and then I got to where I couldn't stand the show, but my like I have younger siblings and they were to watch it. Uh, you know, the cut it out. The, <laughs> as I, as I got, as I got into junior high and high school, I was like, this may be the worst show on TV. Well, it's to me, Full House is our generation's The Brady Bunch. Oh, absolutely. For it's sure. a show that, you know, we liked when we were kids, and right. we loved it, but when we got older and we went back and looked at it, watched it, it was like, really? This is what we thought was good? Uh, yeah. So I, th- I think it's very much our generation's uh, The Brady Bunch. Yeah, and I, and I will say, I'm 46, so there, I'm at a point where, like, 
I, I don't get the Mighty Ducks love because I was in high school and college when those movies came right. out. So like Full House is kind of the same way. I'm like in junior high. Right. So like to me, this is the worst stuff I've ever seen. Like I, for <laughs> the, the first ep, like the first season, I was probably okay. Then at some point, I started watching Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so Full House was just horrific for me. All right, last, uh, well, actually, very least, uh, at the bottom would be our one star rating, which would be, uh, oh crap, was that beach show? I just forgot it. Baywatch. Uh, Baywatch. Thank you. Uh, Baywatch. Uh, did you watch Baywatch? Uh, as a young man. Uh, growing up, I can say that I've seen a few episodes of Baywatch. Yes, but there's only one reason to watch Baywatch. <laughs> yes, yes. And yes. and it's because you like to see people in bathing suits. Right. And right. that's the so, only yes. reason to watch it. It's yes. a terrible show. It was horrible. And then I had a younger brother who became obsessed with Baywatch. Uh, he was like five or six. He thought lifeguarding was cool. Oh, and really? I was just like, yeah. He, he didn't understand why. So he watched Baywatch with the plot? As well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. But it was it was funny. He was all into the and he actually uh, liked the plot. I remember there was a uh, Australian character. I can't remember the guy's name, but he really hated him. So always I have fond memories of Baywatch, mostly because uh, my younger brother Russ, who uh, was like six seven years old, who loved the lifeguarding and actually kept up with the plot of the show. So all right, so but it's get, it's a one star. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's 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 bad. It's it's like I said, you watch it for one reason and one reason alone, <laughs> and that's the only reason you watch it. All right, so where on our rating system are you putting Station Eleven? I'm I'm going back and forth between Game of Thrones and and Loss. Um, I think I'm leaning towards Loss because of some of the things with the theater. Mm-hmm. I I I think if if I if if I went by the odd episodes, it would be an easy Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. But I think I think the other episodes move it down to to loss. Yeah, and I'm 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 right there with you. I, if the if you took just the the odd numbered episodes, the ones that took place that feature yeah. Frank Jeevan and Young Kirsten, and, and I feel bad because Mackenzie Davis is amazing in this. She really is. She really is, but she is stuck with the weaker portion of right. the show. Yeah, uh, she is. But, but, so I'm with you. If you if you give me those earlier episodes as opposed to the ones that are 20 years in the future, it's an easy Game of Thrones. But I think those episodes that are 20 years in the future do weigh it down a little bit because you're trying. I think what what those episodes struggle with. It's like the, what the people of the show have said. They wanted to make a post-apocalyptic show about joy. And there's not right. a ton of joy in those episodes, except for episode 10. Right. Uh, there's not a ton of joy in those, those episodes that take place 20 years in the future. So there, there's a real struggle to get the themes of the show, I think, to take place in those later episodes. But I, but I'm I will, with you. But I will say this. If you ask me what shows have what shows have the best finale, because a lot of people don't land their finale, no, this not. is one I would put this in the top ten of finales. Yeah, they did. They did an excellent job of and of uh, let me that. add one more thing. Please, God, don't come back for season two. Don't do Big Little Lies. Yeah, the, or something <laughs> like. Don't end it. End it here. This is perfect. They did kind of leave a door open where they could do uh, they what did. they wanted to, but I, I, I'm with you. I don't think. It would be a mistake to do a second season. Now, they could. uh, They could possibly do it right, but I think it would be a huge mistake to do a second season of this. I mean, it was was intended to be just one season, and they need to leave it at just the one season. All right. Our next thing that we're going to discuss, and probably next week we'll probably do this first. We have categories. Uh, In our categories, just to show that we do love Friends, for those of you who might be complaining about our rating system, our our categories are based on the six characters – uh, friends, we have the Rachel, the Joey, the Chandler, the Phoebe, the Monica, and the Ross, and we'll explain them as we go along. All right, so let's start with the Rachel. Uh, the Rachel is the star of the show, the person who shines above everyone else. So, who was your Rachel in this uh, in Station Eleven? So, I've got to go with the Kirsten character as a whole, Mackenzie Davis slash Matilda Lawler. Yes, I think that I think they both just really took this. Uh, material and like you said Mackenzie Davis deserves a lot of credit because she made those the Travel and Symphony episodes worth watching and as I mentioned earlier if Matilda Lauder isn't as good as she is this show doesn't work but I will I want to say this 
I gave consideration to Miranda and Jeevan. Had Miranda been in this show more, she would have gotten. Uh, she was really, really good, and yeah. she she may have she may have had a chance of getting an award. And don't worry, Jeevan's about to get mentioned <laughs> very soon. But yes. he was a, he he was right there, right there with the. Yeah, I, I agree with you definitely. It's definitely Kirsten. It's definitely both Mackenzie Davis and Matilda Waller. You have to have. You have to get those characters right, and you especially have to get the younger version of of Kirsten correct. Because it's like you said, this show will not work if you if you mess that role up, then you wasted your time watching this show. And, and, I, and I'll tell you a show real quick where they get the kids wrong. Uh, I don't. I haven't watched this season, but have you watched Ozark? I have not. I've not watched Ozark. Okay, those kids are terrible. Oh, are they? And they're like they started out like one of them was like preteen to teen, and they ruined. Several episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. It, so, I've wanted to watch it, but I never have gotten a chance to. Yeah, but this is, they nailed this one. So, and th- this was such an important part. All right, next is the Joey. The Joey is just the character you love. He's just, regardless of his faults, regardless of what he does wrong, you just love him anyway. So, who is your Joey it's, for the show? It's got to be Jeevan, right? Exactly. It has to be Jeevan. I mean, he was, like I said, superstar in the making. Can't wait to see what this guy does next. Uh, if somehow they do make a mistake and do a season two, they better bring this guy back. Yeah, and you know, just the, what made Jeevan so great is I think he is kind of the audience's eyes in this. He's the guy who, you know, everything was thrust upon him. He didn't really know what to do, and he just tried to do the best he could, regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, he made some mistakes. He made, I mean, throwing out uh, Kirsten Station Eleven copy. He acted emotionally sometimes, but you still love him yeah. anyway. Uh, I mean, because right. like I said, he was—he's a good guy who who was doing the best he could in a really really bad situation. I don't know how many people in a pandemic that kills ninety nine point nine percent of the population is going to have a person, a, a child, they get stuck with just out of circumstance. You know, how are you going to handle that? And Jeevan did the best he could. Uh, he could. And who hasn't been annoyed at pretentious theater or a book? Exactly. <laughs> we all have. I mean, yeah. So I mean, we we understand Jeevan as much as anybody else. So yes, Joey, the Joey of the show is definitely Jeevan. All right, the Chandler. He's the funny guy. He's the person that brings the comic relief or whatever it may be. Who's your Chandler for this particular show? This uh, we haven't talked about this guy enough, and he was a really strong character. I love Frank. Frank. It's funny. Frank was my Chandler. Uh, really, really strong performance. Every time I saw Frank, I, it put a smile on my face. I was like, "All right, we're getting some Frank this time." And when he brings up that rap in episode, the seven, rap was the rap was, was awesome. Was was really, really cool. And I love how much he was actually into putting on the play. Yes, uh, just just a really, really good character. And I wanted to know more about Frank. Uh, we, I, you know, we were talking about mistakes. Not showing more Frank was a mistake. Yeah, that's true. But. Uh, he, uh, like I said, man, every time I saw him, I was happy to see him, and I, and I wanted more. So that that is Chandler in, in, a, in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of laughs in the show. Uh, no. But when there were some, they, they were typically brought to us via Frank. All right, next is the Phoebe. She's, uh, she's the oddball of Friends. She's the one that's kind of out there. It's kind of eccentric. Who's your Phoebe for this show? Uh, it was this the person who i've not figured out what she's done with her career the last 25 years it's Lori petty yes the, it is <laughs> the biggest oddball who looked like point break uh uh what was the the, the baseball movie a, a league of their own a league of their own looked like was going to be an absolute superstar then does tank girl i don't every once in a while she shows up and then she was a weirdo in this one too so i can't i can't figure out yeah but she did have a nice episode 10 yeah, I mean, she she was oddball. I mean, just her character in general was just weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it looked like she was surviving cancer. I mean, yes. but, yeah. and I, yeah. but they don't ever say that. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, she was just this, and, you know, she just broke into these weird rants at times. I mean, she was weird. I, I liked her character, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I did too. But she was weird, and you're right. I mean, how Lori Petty was going to be this shining star after Point Break and after a League of Their Own. And then her career... I mean, it took me forever to figure out where I knew uh, the conductor from. I like, I know this character. I know this actor. Who is this? Who is this? Oh, and wow. then it, and I was like, 
Oh, that's who that is. Uh, but yeah, Point Break's one of my favorite movies of all time. So oh yeah, that's I, a good one. I, I immediately, were like, oh wow, this. Of course, she's the leader of the theater. <laughs> but I mean, she's so different. She's so different yeah. now than she was back yeah. then. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's just so hard to figure out. Yeah. All right, next is the Monica. The Monica is somebody that may not be the most likable person, but they do the dirty work of the show. Like, Monica in Friends isn't all that likable, but she has, you know, she's the neurotic one. She's got, she has this driving purpose, at least. So you may not like her that much, but nevertheless, she has a purpose, and she has a personality set. So who's who's your Monica for this show? I put, I, I pick Clark. Clark? For the Monica. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, uh, you know, and he also set up, I thought Monica, if you mentioned Friends, she set up plot lines, jokes, and I thought Clark did the same. Yeah, exactly. That was very much the case. I mean, she was kind of the punching bag a lot of times on on Friends, Monica was. And that's not necessarily the case for Clark, but Clark was, he was driving a lot of the story forward, uh, even if you didn't like him all the time when it was happening. I also considered Tyler for this, the prophet. I, yeah, I thought about him too. Uh, he was also up for consideration for this, but I thought Clark was a was a better fit for it. Uh, I don't really think Tyler really fit into any particular category that we had going for yeah. this, but uh, but I would agree with you. Definitely, Clark is your Monica for this. All right, yeah, last. You're right. Go ahead. Tyler didn't uh, really set up for any. I, I kind of thought about him as well, and uh, I thought that the the actor did a good job with Tyler. Uh, yes, he he made him somewhat likable, but I couldn't find a couldn't find a spot for Tyler. And but, yeah, you talk about child actor. Their ch- the child actor for for Tyler was not nearly as strong as no as no. Matilda Waller. I mean, he was fine, but he, he was good and creepy though. Yeah, he was he was that, uh, but he just wasn't on the same level as Matilda Waller was on. Yeah. All right, last one is the Ross. The Ross. I mean, let's be honest. Ross is he's just kind of weird. He's just kind of. He's hard to like, uh, uh, but you still you like him. But he's definitely most people's least favorite uh, character on Friends. Who's your Ross for Station Eleven? So I'm going to mention someone, and I bet you're going to agree. But then I'm going to bring up another character afterwards. Alex is hands down. Yes, she is hands down Ross. Uh, you know, I understand her character because she really probably never got to be a child. And, and, and to be around other children. so But, like, the immaturity, like, every episode she was in and storyline, I was just like, oh, man. Well, I think she really? gets to be a child for too long because there's nobody. Well, that, that, too. I think that's yeah. the problem. She gets to be a child yeah. for too long because there's nobody really to. I mean, she was raised yeah. by a child. and Right. With yeah. uh, Kirsten. So I think that's. And she's just annoying. Oh, my gosh. Right. I'm like, why are you putting up with this person? But, yeah. yeah. So who was the other person you are going to mention? The other person is. Brian, the guy on the bike who kept trying to get them to come to the airport. Oh, yes. He played, uh, because he was in Just Shoot Me as well. I can't remember. He was in Just Shoot Me. Enrico Colantani. Yeah, thank or, you. I, So, uh, what a weird character because he was Italian. He was, remember, he was, um, what? what's the prophet's mom's name? Elizabeth. Um, Elizabeth. Which we he didn't talk her, about. We should talk a bit more about her. Yeah. He was the manager. He was her manager. Right. And then remember, he's speaking Italian. He gets on the plane, and then um, he comes back 20 years later. Now he's an American and has no memory. And I, I actually saw uh, the the showrunner mention, he's like, there's either two things. One, he hit his head. Right. Because something happened with the soccer team, and he has no memory. Or two, he's a con man playing uh, another role. He came back and decided to play another role. I'm going with the con man. That sounds but, more interesting. <laughs> yeah, but like, what a weird character. Yeah, he was. He was. I I, I totally forgotten about him. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He was. He was an odd one as well. So I'm not really sure. Uh, he could have gone into that role as well. But he almost could have gone into the Phoebe. He could have, but Lori Petty just so yeah, she, strong. Yeah, she was so much stronger in that role. So. I mean, if Lori Petty's going to be in a show, she's probably going to be the Phoebe every time. That's true. That's that's probably an accurate statement. So, All right, so uh, good stuff today, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, next week, uh, if you enjoyed this week, we are definitely going to be talking about uh, another HBO Max show that is Peacemaker. We've already decided that. Uh, we may talk about something else, and Ryan and I will discuss that after we get done recording here in just a minute. Uh, but go ahead, Ryan, say goodbye to our listeners. Uh, 
really enjoyed this conversation. I can't wait to talk to you next time. And I will echo those same sentiments. And until next time, and I remember, uh, oh, I forgot to ask, uh, any place that they want can follow you online, Ryan. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter at RyanNell76. And you can follow me at on Twitter at Justin M. Strawn, S-T-R-A-W-N. My weird name, last name is weird. Uh, also, you can go on Twitter and follow the show on Twitter. Uh, just look up, uh, I think it's M-A-P podcast or something like that. I can't remember. Just look up movie, uh, main attraction podcast. You should be able to find us on Twitter and also on Facebook. You can go to Facebook and give us a like. Uh, and don't forget the Patreon as well. So I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, for Ryan Nelson, I am Justin Strawn. And we will see you next week. And until then, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.